0: So around like COVID time is when I really, really started pushing and posting and got my haunted doll Lola. She really helped me with my mediumship and understanding my gifts because I would see her and her spirit and start connecting with her. When I first got her, she didn't really like me though. So we're good now though. We're good. (laughs) But um, once I started posting her on TikTok, it just started blowing up. I went up to a million in a span of a few months. I think it was pretty damn quick. And they started going over to my YouTube channel, and that shot up to 100K.
1: It starts with just taking that leap.
0: Man, you have to work hard, you have to be incredibly smart. Choose something
1: that, even if it fails, even if it fails you are yeah. going to be proud of. Doesn't matter how badly
0: you got beat in that. Be kind, be kind, be kind.
1: Become a better person, a better leader, with a better business. Go with your gut. <laughs> I'm Samuel Donner, and this is Finding Founders. You just heard from Kelsey Davies as she describes how her haunted doll Lola changed her TikTok career forever. If you haven't heard this name before, Kelsey is a social media psychic with 5 million followers on TikTok and more than 800,000 YouTube subscribers. As a creator, psychic and medium, Kelsey has brought us some of the most haunted content on the web, posting vlogs from enchanted forests and fields, cursed ocean liners and the infamous Cecil Hotel. From first discovering her psychic ability in elementary school to juggling influencer politics and mental health, Kelsey's story mixes her unique supernatural perspective alongside her relatable struggles with interpersonal relationships. And Kelsey realized a crucial fact early on: life as a psychic can be tough. You introduce yourself as a psychic. Um, yeah, can you tell me a little bit about what that means in your family, what like these gifts mean in your family, and when you started to understand? that you had these gaps?
0: Yeah. So ever since I was little, I was always different. I would always get really, really drained being around like big groups of people. I would nap a lot. I would have constant dreams of people that I didn't know, but I knew that they were deceased. Um, In my dreams, I would have premonitions of things before they would happen. And just like I would know what my mom was or what was going to be on the TV before my mom turned it on. I'd be like, oh my God, Pirates is on. And my mom would be like, what? What do you mean? Like we had a thousand channels, you know, so it could have been on anything. And she turned on the TV and pirates would be on. Be like, how did you know that? I don't know, I just knew that. Or, like, I would ruin the ending of like some movies because I would have a premonition of how the movie ends or like a big plot twist. And she, my mom would get so mad, she'd be like, How the heck, how you've seen this before? And I would know I haven't seen it before. So, it's just started like ever since I was young. It, um, I kind of blocked it out later on in life because I was afraid of it, I would see spirits.
1: But how did it change from maybe being this uh, small thing to something that scared you?
0: Yeah. So uh, when I was little, it was the spirit portion that scared me. Not so much the psychic stuff, because I thought that was just kind of normal. I didn't understand that it was different, like to see auras and to associate people with certain colors because of their aura and stuff like that. I thought it was normal. So I genuinely didn't know anything was different. But when I would see deceased people, I would see them briefly and I knew that they weren't supposed to be there. So I always was like, I always believed in the paranormal because I knew it was there, but I just was scared of it. Like I would see my great grandfather and I would see him like peeking around a corner or something. And I was like, why do you do that? Because that scares me. So I would block it out. I didn't want anything to do with it. And then later in life, I just started seeing him more and started understanding more of like who he was was and why he was here and that he was here to protect me and that it was my great-grandfather on my mother's side that I had never met. And I explained to him exactly what he looked like, his glasses, his watch, the brown suit he wears, his height, his personality. I explained it all to my grandfather, which that was his dad. So then um, once I kind of understood that and like understood that there's also good spirits as well as bad, then I started really like tapping into it, going to haunted places and stuff like that. I don't know. I was afraid of it. And then I guess once I started going to haunted places, I found Oh My Gosh TV on YouTube and I started watching him. He's actually a really good friend of mine now, but I was a big fan of him because I would feel things in his videos. I would see things like, you know, and it helped me understand a little bit better that i Do have some sort of gift, but I didn't know how profound my gifts were until later when I found it. It runs in my family, like my whole Native American side of the family had supernatural gifts that I didn't know about until like last year. So yeah, it's just like it it was a whole change of my entire everything. Like my family, yeah, my family even says that I'm a totally different person now. I'm truly myself now. I finally feel like I'm understood.
1: So let's let's go back to those moments when you are first deciding to explore through video.
0: Yeah, so I was always interested. I always wanted to do ghost tours and stuff like that, but I was really scared of it. And then um, I had a channel with my old friend, Maddie, and we started like going to haunted places and stuff. And like it was just really interesting. How did that channel start? The Maddie and Kelsey channel. So Maddie wanted to do like YouTube, you know, and she was interested in it. She would watch all these YouTubers and stuff. And I wasn't really like, I didn't really know about YouTube. The only person I really watched was Omar. And
1: Omar is?
0: My good friend now. Oh my gosh, TV. He does a lot of paranormal content, goes to the most haunted places in the world. Like I was always just so genuinely intrigued by that and the history. I always loved history, going to museums. Like I've always been a little bit different. So Um, I mean, she didn't want to do, like, a lot of paranormal videos because she was more into fashion and stuff like that, which, like, is understandable.
1: How did you, like, even work together?
0: I don't know. We did have some disagreements with things and creative process of the way of doing things and everything. Like, I'm very particular with how I want my thumbnails, how I want the video made, how I want it edited. Like, I'm very, very particular with that. Um, So we had a falling out, and that didn't work out.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, like, it also, it wasn't, like, like a super small channel or anything like you had built up something together. When did you guys start to get traction?
0: Yeah, we started getting it after like collabing with Omar and stuff like that. So he definitely helped us with that channel. We did have like a significant. I mean, we had like 20,000 followers on that channel. I think we grew. I mean, that's pretty big for YouTube, I think. That's like a really good amount of people. like
1: like the first 20,000, first 10,000, like that's the hardest.
0: Right. And we put so much work into that channel and it was just, it was really heartbreaking to have it like all just thrown away, you know? So that's when I started really posting on my personal channel. I just really wanted to go full force. Like I, I'm very business oriented. I knew what I wanted. I'm very particular. So... Now, I really, really got the chance to focus on paranormal stuff and just like really harness like who I am as a person and what I do and what I stand for.
1: Do you remember some of the first videos that you made independently?
0: My first ever video on my Kelsey Davies channel is how to edit. I think I did how to edit. (laughs) You were doing editing tutorials. I literally did an editing tutorial. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, like I was. You're
1: exploring. Now you can do whatever you want. Yeah,
0: I could do anything I wanted and stuff. And, So I did uh, how to edit and then I did like game reviews. I started doing video game reviews.
1: But I'm a little confused because it's like you already knew what kind of content you wanted to create before. So why didn't you just go straight into the paranormal stuff?
0: Because I didn't want just paranormal on my channel. I wanted to build my channel around Kelsey Davies, what Kelsey does, what Kelsey likes. I wanted it to be everything in my life. And paranormal is a daily thing for me. So I just add it into my vlogs. I am paranormal but I'm also Kelsey Davies. And I also like doing editing. I also like doing game reviews. I'm a graphic designer. You know, like there's so many things.
1: What kind of traction are you saying?
0: Maybe I was around, I want to say like 30,000 followers.
1: 30,000 followers. That's, that's bigger than the previous channel, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I did. I did pass up the previous channel.
1: What did that feel when you passed it?
0: So good. Like it just felt like I was doing something right. And that it just validated everything I was doing and everything I was standing for. And like all the hard work I put in, it just really, really showed.
1: So when do you f- do your first like vlog or a video that showcases that paranormal psychic side of yourself? Let's start with uh, TikTok and the doll.
0: So with TikTok, I... Believe I started. I really started posting around 2019. So around like COVID time is when I really, really started pushing and posting, and got my haunted doll Lola. So I had, I think I had around like 30, maybe I could be so wrong, maybe 50,000 on TikTok, you know, before I got Lola, and then I got her and unboxed her. That video popped off it got a few million views I believe it did very well and I just moved forward with Lola started making content with her and like she really helped me with my mediumship and understanding my gifts because I would see her and her spirit and start connecting with her um when I first got her she didn't really like me though so we're good now though. we're good. But because I just shoved a camera on her face and she was just like, "Who are you? Like why aren't you respecting me?" you know, like I I was a little bit disrespectful with her and I, I apologize for that. But <laughs> but um once I started posting her on TikTok, it just started blowing up. I went up to a million in a span like a span of a few months, I think. It was pretty damn quick. And they started going over to my YouTube channel and that shot up to 100k
1: what did it feel like to see you like so much traction?
0: So like fulfilling and there were bad things too. You know, there were skeptics online that were really harassing me and bullying me for what I believed in. And that's something that just happens. And there's a bunch of articles written about me about false, just false things that were really... It just sucks, you know, because like not everyone will believe in it. But when people come to like disrespecting you and your beliefs, that's something that's really, really difficult. And that's a time that was really hard in my life was around that time. there were like there was this whole case with Gabby Petito and she was missing at the time. So I went online and I wanted to see what I felt just to try to help. I put the FBI hotline on and stuff because we were trying to find Gabby Petito at the time. So I just, I started feeling certain things and I like tasted dirt in my mouth and it was just like really, really a lot, but it wasn't like I was channeling her spirit or anything. Like I would never do that and disrespect someone like that. And so I posted a video and I thought it was very tasteful, very respectful, but I guess there were a couple people that were already after me that decided to just go full force and say like they just lied and said she's channeling Gabby's spirit blah 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 and I never did that ever and they kept saying oh she's making money off this family's death which was not true like anything any money I made on that TikTok which was probably like 50 dollars I sent to the Gabby Petito foundation that her dad set up so it was just something a lot of lies are being spread and a lot of People just jumped on the bandwagon because they saw I was getting views. And it was honestly, they were making money off of it, which was so hypocritical when I was just trying to help. And they did end up finding her buried in dirt. So that was something that was a little bit difficult as well. Going through all of that on top of a couple girls that were very, very rude to me, bullying me. And it was on top of my parents' divorce. It was just a really, really dark time in my life. I think I'm stronger now, but at the time I was like, not liking my success. And I was like, is this what comes with success? Is it people using you for clout? Is it people like, it's something that a lot of people don't talk about is the behind the scenes and how many people are just after clout and just will do anything for, you know, for that fame or that success. And that's something that I've dealt with with certain people that has been really hard because I'm a human being. I've worked really, really hard for what I have and to have someone use you when you were just there to help them is like, um, it's, it honestly made me think differently for a while. I was, I was almost suicidal after those girls again, you know, like I, I have, I'm very open about this online. I've dealt with mental health for a long time with depression, suicide, um, So if anyone's going through that, just know that you can push past it. I'm beyond, beyond grateful because what made me move to L.A. was actually on my birthday night. I kind of hate my birthday, honestly, which is really sad. I just have really bad memories from my birthday. Um, The last birthday, I had a party and it was like mellow. Uh, I get so nervous talking about it. (laughs) So on the night of my birthday last year, I, I don't drink a lot. I usually I'm very open about smoking marijuana. It's legal where I am and it helps me with my anxiety and everything. And um, Maddie wanted to go out that night and I didn't want to, you know, it was my birthday. I didn't really want to go out, you know? So I was like, you should go out, like go have fun if you want to go out. And she went out with um, my friend who was my old dance coach and they went out. Then they came back and Maddie pulled me to the side and told me on the night of my birthday, I'm moving out on Sunday. And I was like, What? I didn't understand. And I was like, why? Like, it was just kind of weird. So I just started crying and I was just kind of dumbfounded that she would just leave me, you know, not even like a two weeks' notice. Would would, would have been nice. Um, but I guess she felt I, I was helping her with, with the rent. I was paying the full rent for over half a year. And I had asked her for like, if you can start pitching in a little bit. And I guess... I guess she felt like I was holding it over her head, which I never would do. Like, I wouldn't have done that. Like I wanted to help her genuinely because my boyfriend had helped me at a really hard time when I didn't have any money and he had helped me and I was able to really focus on YouTube and focus on everything I did um, with him, like helping me out with rent. So I wanted to do the same thing with her, you know, and... I don't know what happened. I think she just felt like I was holding over her head or something like that. And she started screaming at me. She was very, very drunk that night. I don't know if she remembers all of it. Um, But she started screaming at me saying, I only care about myself and just um, really hurtful, mean things to me um, in front of three people, which sucked. So that was embarrassing on my birthday. And then, um, you know, and again, I don't want to wish her anything bad. I don't want any hate to go towards her. This is just what happened. And a lot of people ask about it and I've been very silent about it because I don't want to hurt her in any way, but it was something that has affected me so deeply just to have someone you care about so much scream at you the night of your birthday. When I was on the floor having a panic attack, she was yelling at me, Stop playing the victim. All this stuff. Just, it was a really aggressive night. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Sounds like it. And have your birthday of all days. <laughs> On my
0: birthday, yeah. And but it, I
1: think like some of those dark moments also serve as inspiration for this art. This is
0: why I'm bringing it up. I'm not bringing it up to bash her in any way, which is why I haven't brought it up. It's to show like things happen, but you can move forward from it, and you can move forward in a positive way this wasn't meant to happen. There's clearly some underlying issues here. It wasn't just about the money. It was about other things that she was upset about. I I don't know still. But her apology to me that night was, sorry, I got aggressive. That was her apology. And that... like I took it. But then the next day, it was just not the same. It wasn't the same. I mean, what do you do in that situation? Do I just stay quiet? Does she... Am I not supposed to say anything? Am I supposed to like be silenced? I just have felt so silenced by it because I've, you know, gotten threats and stuff like don't post anything online. Don't say this. Don't say this. Don't talk about me. And it's, I don't know. It's just something that's why I like, I was like, you know, I'm going to be open about this because I'm releasing a song about that night and it's going to be called September 10th. And it's about that night that what, how she made me feel and how the things like that were said to me just changed my whole perspective on who I was and who she was and what I need in life. And our energies just weren't meant to be together. And that's that, you know, so if anyone was wondering what, that's what happened. I felt really, really gross and uncomfortable and just felt like I needed to get away. So I moved to LA and I met some amazing people that do the same thing as me and they all have had the similar experiences as me. So we share that with each other. I met some amazing people that do the same thing as me and they all have had the similar experiences as me. So we share that with each other.
1: What was it like finding that community? And like, did you like start to work and do things with them.
0: So I first met Pride House LA, actually. And they're a community, like a house of queer creators. And they were all on Disney Channel and stuff like that. Or most of them were. And they actually helped me come out as pansexual. They helped me come out like with my sexuality. They helped me really find myself and hearing their stories of people who take advantage of them and hearing things that I could relate to, like they felt like family to me right away. They were so accepting of me and who I was and my gifts and me being pansexual. And I just had never felt so accepted by these people.
1: How did you, um, explore and understand your sexuality?
0: So I was actually, I'm still dating drew, which is my boyfriend. Now I always knew I, I don't know. It wasn't like about the gender for me. It was always about the energy. Like I, in middle school, I would like people like girls too. You know, I would have this infatuation with them. I just thought they were really, really pretty, but like, I thought they were really pretty. You know what I mean? Like, I just thought they were like attractive. And I didn't realize that until later on that I was attracted to them because I would, I don't know it was just like something that I always kind of knew but I wasn't I was too scared to come out with that because all my friends were straight and it was kind of weird to be I didn't want to make anyone uncomfortable yeah. because I know that some people would get uncomfortable with that like sharing well, a bed with a me community,
1: yeah right, now I have people who you. accept
0: me and support yeah. me for who I am and um,
1: and they accept all parts of that, all which parts is amazing. Of it. It's yeah. amazing that you found that.
0: Yeah, well, I'm very grateful for that.
1: Uh, how did you dive into your content and your music? And um, tell me about, like, I guess, like, lead me up to now. What you're most excited about? What you're working on?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I've been doing music for a little bit. Um, I did it even before I moved to LA, and I just, I've always just wanted to try different things. Like I. I'm good at a lot of things. You know, I'm not trying to sound cocky, but I feel like I'm very, very talented in many ways. And I'm very comfortable with exploring it. And I've been doing vocal lessons and stuff like that. Like I want to get better. You know, I know I'm not the most amazing singer or anything, but I do it for fun mainly right now. And I wanted to start taking it a little more seriously. So I started doing vocal lessons and stuff. And I decided to do... This is kind of my comeback song. This is kind of like... Because I did a few songs, maybe four songs. And they were really catchy and fun. But this one's something so deep. And so... I mean, Heartbeats was very deep for me as well. But September 10th is going to be the start of um, Kelsey (laughs) 2.0. That's what I tweeted. I'm really excited. It just really shows my vocal range. And it's something so deep and something that just needs... I don't know, something I just need to do for myself.
1: And how about with uh tick and YouTube? What are you focusing on there?
0: Yeah, I'm, we're actually in talks of a TV show possibly Whoa. with me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in talks right now. We're trying to figure it out, what direction we want to go and everything, but that's definitely a possibility. They've, you know, we've, my whole family knows about it and everything. It's just really exciting. So hopefully that goes through. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, And then for TikTok, I just, I don't know. I just want to try new things and I just keep doing my, I start doing uh, ghost encounters where I just like um, act like the ghosts I see and like ghost experiences that I've actually had. I do a recreation of it and I make it really dumb and people have just been really liking it lately. So I'm definitely going to do more of that. I just have... I don't know big ideas I want to do like a Lola tarot card deck because I just did merch with Lola on it and I made her into like a tarot card merch thing and it gave me the idea I was like why don't I have my own tarot card deck and I'm gonna do a collaboration with my friend Chris Starr who's here with me at Playlist and we're gonna do um she has a crystal shop we're gonna do like a collaboration box with that and I just there's so many things coming and so many big collaborations that people are gonna really really enjoy and I'm just really, really, I've never been so excited for the future and being able to finally talk about my past and what happened with people honestly feels like a relief because I feel like I've been silent for so long.
1: Looking at this journey, um, what advice do you think you would give yourself at the beginning of your creative journey, your creator journey? You know, what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out where maybe they have a little bit of traction, but, uh, hasn't taken off yet. What advice do you think you would give like young creators and also your younger self?
0: Yeah, I say, don't give up no matter what people say around you. My parents, they're like, you need to go to college. You need to get a job. But I was like, no, I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. This is something that I'm going to do. And just be very, you know, just look into it, look into how how to create things, how to edit, look into everything because you never know where it will take you. I didn't even know I could do graphic design until someone asked me, can you do this for me? Okay. I tried it and now I do graphic designing. It's just like, try different things and whatever happens, happens and be authentic. Don't be rude. One of those creators who are just don't care about their fans and stuff. Don't be like that you know, these fans, like y- your fans are everything. I think that that's a great way to move forward as a creator is make it your goal to help others. Make it your goal. What will others benefit from my content? That's the best way I think I could explain it and just do it.
1: Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, DM us at Finding Founders Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Donner.
0: Our chief of staff and operations is Jessica Lin.
1: Our audio editing team lead is Adrian Tapia. With support from
0: Irene Van Burkle,
1: Matt Fernandez,
0: Nabe Cannon, Sophia Donner,
1: David Saidi,
0: Ashley Jimenez,
1: Nicholas Guzman, Aaron Devereaux,
0: Sanessa Gisley, and Lois Choi.
1: Our outreach and research lead is Kenny Ong. With support from
0: Sarah Hobson, Cherise Tan,
1: Harushi Kanauchi,
0: Kristen Hagelin, Aya Cortez, and Valencia Lu.
1: Our writing team lead is Elizabeth Bowen with support from Aiden Ashworth, Nikki McCalla
0: Sylvie Wong,
1: and Eric Menna.
0: Our design team lead is Shruti Ramanand with support from Tiffany Dang,
1: Yao Liu,
0: and Dina Gabriel.
1: To see more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.co. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.